0: Jade Software presents Beta and Beyond. The RegTech Modernization Podcast. Thanks for joining us on our second episode. Again, we're pretty excited to be growing this channel with some fascinating speakers. There's all sorts of insights into modernization projects, digital transformation, and other similar topics for those operating in regulated environments that are coming up. Now, as you know, modernization isn't always a particularly pretty exercise, but the outcomes and results it enables can be. In saying that, describing modernisation doesn't have to be dull either. On that note, we thought it only fitting to explain the modernisation journey that Jade has been on over its 43 year history in a more colourful, entertaining way. To do that, we'll let our captain, CEO, Charlotte Walsh, describe our story. Which is just as relevant now as it was when she spoke at the canterbury tech event we're keen to share this with you to give you an idea of where we've come from the transformation journey that we've been on and the learnings that we've made along the way so sit back and enjoy the show
1: Oh look thank you so much um for coming on to hear me uh, talk today one of the um what's that so happened was it was maybe about eight weeks ago and i was out and about i think it was in a coffee shop somewhere and, and i met neil hamilton and he said, you know, maybe you could, you know, talk about something about the jade journey. And, you know, he said a lot of people have learnt something or have touched jade some way or other through the years. And um, and they know it maybe from the 90s or sometime beforehand, but they don't actually know where it is right now. And I thought, gosh, that's, that's true. I get people saying to me, hey, are you just a jade shop? You know, is, is that all you guys do? Um, or, you know, is jade still around? Or, you know, or, you know what's, what's next for jade? So. So today is um, just a little bit of a, a trip through the journey we've been on over the last wee while and where we're sort of heading to next. <clears throat> the one thing was, I opened this up and um, this one here. I opened this up uh, the other day and I, I, <laughs> I said, oh my god, uh, to my design team. I, I think they thought I was talking Armageddon or something like that today. Um, <clears throat> but they, they know that I'm, uh, that I'm a big Star Trek fan. And, and I have been since about four years old, and so whenever I come across, say, anything in the workplace or any leadership learning or something like that, I think of Star Trek. In particular, I think of Captain Kirk and I think of Jane and Voyager, sort of kind of lost in space sort of stuff, and on this journey, on the way home, and you know, kind of hard trials along the way. So so in many ways, Star Trek's been going on for just a little bit longer than Jade has been. Jade's been around 41 years, and, and Star Trek's maybe 50-odd, and... Um, <clears throat> And we've had different captains along the way, sometimes the same ship, sometimes different ship, lots of different sort of reinventions along the way as well. So they kind of have a lot of analogies, so we're going to play that theme today. So I'm not going to go all the way through the story, but suffice to say, if we go over the last 41 years, and there are a lot of people in the room here who can speak much more knowledgeably on all of this than I can, but there's this really wonderful history in terms of you know Link first and then in 1996 the Jade language and platform came out and, and what that did to create, give people the ability to build ERP systems for their businesses using the Jade platform. And so there's this, this proud sort of history and even you can see there three reinventions if you like or, or at least two sort of reinventions. So we're going to talk a little bit about those reinventions along the way. <clears throat> what um, what is really true if we think of, of uh, Jade from 96 through to 2005 I, I, from my perspective coming into the company I see a, I see an organization led by someone really visionary and and you know when I showed this slide to someone the other day and they couldn't they didn't know what the rest of it was, it was about and I was talking about this company that, that had this platform play it was a global player they had a, a product portfolio with eight verticals in it they, do, they were doing service as well service products as well. And they were like, oh, well, it's, you know, who's that? That sounds really modern. It's like, well, no, this is from back, you know, since in 1996 through to sort of 2005. And, and so, you know, there's a, there's a lot back then which is still so relevant now. Part of that journey that Jade had along the way then was around how they expanded into other global markets. And there are a couple of learnings out of that that you know, hold really true for myself and my team now, but also through NZTE. It's one of the things that, that we hear time and again as a learning. And we try to share these learnings to, stop, you know, to help other New Zealand companies you know, not have to relearn it. Um, and, and there are sort of three of them there. One is around market validation and just how important that is. And also a focus on, you know, a really tight focus on maybe one or two markets. Not trying to sort of shotgun sort of six or seven all at once. And I think um, you know, Jade learned some lessons around market validation along the way. They also did some really good things um, with the, the lesson around having strong partners or channels to market. And that that, that was a, a significant help getting into the US and and uh, UK markets uh, during this time and then the last one was one actually I had a, I was having a coffee with Gil Simpson um, a couple of months ago and we we're chatting about sort of learnings and he said the one other thing that I would have done different and I've heard a lot of other CEOs say this as well is that if I if I'm at the if I want to be really committed in that market that I'm going into, particularly if there's new geography, then it's a really good idea for the CEO to go and be in that market for a period of time. That's not what happened in Jade's case, but it is what has, what's happened in a number of companies' cases, and, and those who do typically forge you know, some really good success with that. So Jade went through some really good growths um, through the platform, through the verticals, but it, at a point it did, it did start to actually overreach and fell into some trouble. And so at that point in time, we sort of started the Omega sequence. And at that point, um, you know, other people came and got involved in the business and parts of it were were jettisoned or sold off, if you like, to sort of keep the ship in orbit. And and during that time, as a consequence of that, the business went from a portfolio product and service sort of um, an offering down to really a single product kind of focus. And so, you know, some of you would have gone through this along the way as well. And in that single product f- focus, that's where we saw things like uh, Winyard, um, be created and then spun out. And then Jade Logistics more recently created and then spun out. And through all of that, the underlying, um, underlying piece in the business was the, the Jade product and the, the service um, around application development and support and so forth as well. And that part of the business was kind of in the shadows as these hero products are being created and launched. But we've been a little bit bipolar through the years. And by that I mean, we've never been quite clear, are we, not since, the, not since the early days, we haven't been really that clear about whether we're a product company or a service company. And we sort of spin this wheel every sort of five years, we go, we're product, no, 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 we're service, we're product, we're service. So we've got these kind of cycles going on, sort of mini cycles and large cycles as well. When we think about, these days, when we're thinking about that question, we're saying, well, product is really scalable, and service not so much but service is fantastic for discovery and, and, and finding fertile ground for products that can then solve problems but we like things kind of binary so you know so there's that tendency to sort of go one or the other and and what we've started to to learn in in our current um, form is that really we need a bit of both it's about balance and and that actually we get strength through that balance <clears throat> so each of those spin outs that we had in terms of Winyard and and then Jade Logistics each time those happened that was another reinvention for the company. So things kind of turned on the head each time. And so that by sort of the end of 2017, start of 18, we were basically in our sixth iteration over a period of 40 years. And that's kind of not unusual for lots of companies, I think, who have been around for that amount of time. And it's just kind of, it's it's interesting to sort of look back and actually take stock and and, and understand it. So 2018, when I joined the business, um, how we were was we're made up of Uh, Jade, the service business, so creating bespoke software solutions for companies, Um, and and mostly looking at really complex enterprise problems for our customers and how we could solve those. We have um, the Jade core system, so that's the capital J-A-D-E, which is the Jade language, Um, and then we have enterprise applications, which which, um, you know, are, are created then on top of those ERP systems that people have built in Jade. They would then help them create enterprise applications on top of that. And then in recent years, more in the way of digital applications on top and underpinning all of that as a managed service. Through all of that, we've had a, a couple of things on the back burner, which is, uh, this is the, our products, if you like, which is the Jade product itself and also... Uh, the financial crime products in terms of anti-money laundering or third eye and investigator and it's interesting because coming into the business at the start of 2018 it was clear that we'd really stepped away from the product side of things and we're definitely into service because we had no product or technology capability in the business and no product or technology strategy as such so that meant that we didn't have the ability to scale we had a really good um, software solutions business but not a really great way to scale so it was at that point myself and my team sort of got together and thought well now what can we where do we want to go? Where, how do we, want to, how do we sort of want to take this into a future that's about growth? And as we sort of think about kind of loops here, because through that journey of trying to understand what is it we do next, we came to the point of saying, actually, we're going to create a business in the future. We're gonna create growth where we have the service part of the business doing the discovery with customers and verticals and and uncovering problems in fertile ground. And we're gonna have products that then come in and actually take advantage of that and solve common problems um, for people. We also said, it's not like we're stepping away from service at all either. Service, every time we we do a, a bespoke development for someone, it's an experience. And that experience of doing a development together is also a product, so we need to curate that as well. So we're coming at things now with a, very much a product mindset, but where product means experience in the broadest sense. So if we think about this and we go back to the last time we had this type of uh, structure to the business, that's around about a 16-year cycle. So we've sort of got a 16-year cycle, and within that we've got little five-year cycles, and it's kind of interesting just to think of the, of the business in those kind of terms and, and, and with that type of um, uh, cadence, if you like. So what are we now? So out of, out of the work that we've done around defining our future, one of the key things that sort of came to light was during those years when we had the Hero products and we, had, um, we also sold off some of those original verticals that we had and some of those, those original pieces of the business, we ended up with a, a lot of silos. So all disconnected that seemed to have a way of connecting but actually weren't really being brought, being brought together to connect. And when we think about our customers and the type of problems they have, they're quite complex. So they're not usually just about managed service or just about digital. They usually require a whole lot of different parts of the puzzle to connect, because a problem in an organization usually has a value chain associated with it. And so when we thought about that, we said actually we need to bring all of us together. So what we've been doing over the last year is bringing all the different silos, the sort of four or five key silos that have been left as Jade, bringing those together into one organization. And those, those, those pieces of the puzzle, as you can see, are the enterprise applications. well, really starting with the, the Jade ERP system in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, we have customers with the, with the Jade systems. And then we have enterprise applications on top of that, digital applications off the back of that, our products. And then we, we've created in recent times uh, a really strong AI and machine learning team which we then bringing to those customers, those customer problems, to, to bring extra insight or prediction out of them. And then managed service underpinning all of that. And there's quite a nice example that sort of demonstrates where Jade is now um, in terms of how all the pieces of the puzzle come together. We have a customer in the UK called DB Cargo, who's part of the DB Schenker group um, out of Germany, so moving rail freight around. And, And they're an interesting customer because they've been with us for maybe 15 years or so and they adopted the Jade system or Jade language um, to to write their ERP system for their rail business back about 15 years ago. And since then they've built this database of of all their transactions and on top of that we've helped them create enterprise applications to add extra value and extra features to, to create a better experience for their customers. And then in recent times we've created digital applications on top of that to create even better experiences for their customers and then in the, in the last couple of years, in fact, maybe in particular in this last year and, and launched just very recently, we've taken our machine learning capability and applied that to their 15-year data set to have all their train transactions to solve a problem which was kind of interesting. We didn't really, under, didn't really recognize it as a problem until we started going through the user experience work with them, and through that process, we came to understand that there's a paradigm in the, at least the UK rail system that says if a train leaves 10 minutes late from the first station, then even after five or 10 stations later, it'll arrive 10 minutes late at the other end. And by using machine learning and looking at the, at the historic data that we had and overlaying that with some other key data sets and calling out, I think it was around about sort of 100 parameters. We sort of narrowed it down to around about 40 or so and found that we could predict to around about 90%, 92% accuracy when a train would arrive if it left 10 minutes late, five stations later, or however many stations later. And that, there were a couple of key things that were predictors to that. Now the interesting thing about that is that means then it's now being built into the app for, for them, for their, for their customers, and it means their customers and their suppliers now have a much better experience as a consequence in, in that they know when to be they're ready to to collect the freight or when to deliver the freight and so it takes cost out so again it's all about creating a better customer experience using some of these new tools so when we start to find that down it's great to understand that we've got those those pieces going on so that is what jade is made up of now these are uh, an end-to-end sort of solution for complex problems but particularly if we sort of narrowed that down what kind of problems are we actually trying to solve so what we find that we're really good at, is we're very good at pulling together, helping our customers to pull together all the internal data sets in their business that are maybe quite disparate, but actually contain the voices of their customer in them in some way that have been collected over the years. So we're, we're good at pulling that internal voice of their customer together. And then we're really good at working with them to create external voices of the customer, or paths for the external voice of the customer to come into their business. So whether that's through text or voice, Um, uh, through like, uh, a digital assistant like you see out there in the display area, uh, or whether it's through the likes of IoT and data streams of sensors and so forth. Those are all external voices of the customer. So we we have the ability to bring together internal voice and external voice of the customer, and then apply our UX teams and our AI predictive teams over the top of those to get those insights out for for them, for our customers to understand how to engage and retain and then ultimately grow their customers. And that's, those are the, actually the, the types, when we boil it down, those are the problems that we solve. They're, quite, they're usually quite complex problems, but they're hugely rewarding, because we get to see our customers' the look on their face when they get this, 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 this new way of engaging, and this new feedback from their customers that they've never had before, you know, that shows that they've, they've got real growth and real buy-in. <clears throat> so some of the, the cool stuff we've been um, working on lately, just to give you kind of a sense of that, I mentioned before uh, DB Cargo, uh, so that's, that's, in fact, if we look at all of these, there's an element of AI playing across all of them as well. DB Cargo and using machine learning there to, to predict uh, train arrivals. Um, the next one is um, we've been doing some really interesting work with uh, digital assistants, like the one out there that you can order the coffee from, um, but some other things even more advanced than that, which will sort of come out in the public space in the next couple of weeks, which is exciting. And then third eye is our anti-money laundering Product, and we're doing some um, really solid growth and quite exciting growth with that now in the UK market um, and shortly in Australia, and bringing in predictive capability into that as well. So, so, all of that is is interesting to sort of understand how the business has gone through changes over the years and what it is now and what its focus is. And that's, that's really energizing to us. Um, you know, inside the business. But that only a strategy is only as good as the culture that you have to actually deliver it. So a lot of our work in the last year has been as much about structuring the business in terms of the, you know what we want to sell and how we want to sell it, how we, how we bring new experiences to our customers, as much as how do we help our people to understand new experiences and how to really connect themselves with our customers as well. So we started out on a path about just over a year ago working through what is the purpose of the business and what's our vision and what are the values that we have. And in fact is that that values piece has really just started to it's taken a while to kind of work through, but that's just started to play out in the in the last couple of um, last couple of months in particular. And and it's and it's that which has kind of led to this this realization about the kind of culture that we want to have and and where we are right now. So so maybe to give you a sense, we have about um, 250 people in the business and they're spread over six locations throughout Australia, New Zealand and the UK. So we've got some distance things to work through, but we've got um, some really interesting diversity. So we've got this uh, real spread from baby, baby boomers who are, you know, close to retirement all the way through to millennials and new grads. And it really is a, a, a very sort of even spread throughout that. We've got at least 15 different cultures when we have um, bake-offs, we have all sorts of different food there from all over the place. It's, it's, it's actually way more than 15, but it's a lot. The one thing we're not so good on is agenda gender mix, and we've got some work that we're starting to do there, but we're very much on the beginning of that journey. Um, and I think in, for diversity and inclusion in total, when we think of diversity, we're, we're thinking, we're starting to teach ourselves or learn about from, from others, um, more about diversity of thinking and what that looks and feels like and in terms of inclusion doing a lot more work in terms of our culture and the values around what inclusion looks like um, coming into the culture for the first time in 2018 uh, one of the things that really struck me is just what an open uh, culture it was what an open group of people and and also the fact that it seemed that it had been a little bit in the shadows for a while. So the work we're doing now is to say, how do we grow our people? How do we give them new tools and new capabilities so they can really fly and, and really use that openness? So how do we get much more outward looking um, and connected with our customers? And through that, we're also doing uh, a lot of um, uh, learning and development work and a lot of leadership development work. So that, and it's that what that does is it starts to create a culture which is a, an engine for how we change the business. And I think when we started to think that through, we said, it's interesting, there are some pieces here about what we want to be in the future that, um, if we lay them all out, they kind of create this picture that we hadn't really expected. I was chatting with someone the other day, <coughs> and we were talking about um, Star Trek and Borg, and we said, actually, all these things that we want to be in the future kind of, we kind of want to go Borg, which seems counterintuitive because Borg seems kind of bad, but actually, when we think about Borg, have got a common purpose, they're obsessive learners and improvers, they are by design diverse and inclusive, self-organising and holocratic, and really transparent, <coughs> and on a constant search for excellence. And that's very much what we're trying to create with our people, it's part of that journey. That's the, this is the engine, if you like, that we're trying to create for 5 years you know over the next 5 years that actually sort of powers us into into you know what is the next iteration of jade if you like and so you know that is you know what is that next generation of jade whatever that is it will be leave it off where we are now it'll be a product and service portfolio sort of approach balanced approach but the main thing is that those all those puzzle pieces if you like come together as one to actually create engaging solutions for our customers that help them to engage and retain and grow their customers as well So that's that's our sort of that's our focus That's where the both the culture and the strategy is taking us to future wise And so hand it over to questions and and thank you for your time. Question number one, how do you organise Jade internally to deal with the tensions of being both a product and a services company? Neil says tech companies are generally pretty poor at this. Uh, Great question. Um, So we have a a very flat structure um, in our our leadership um, and that flat structure means that product and technology and delivery teams and salespeople are all very much together creating the strategy together. So it's very much our strategy, and it's, it's um, because it's ours, it's very connected. So we're a little bit like a startup in a way. I, I saw um, Sharesis the other day talking, and they had seven founders. And because they had seven founders with all different sort of points of view, um, they were very committed to that seven staying together. So it, that meant that whatever they created was joined up from Go. And I think we've tried to adopt that similar sort of principle in terms of how we're reinventing ourselves now. Uh, so very, very flat and connected. Awesome, okay, next question. How much data should a small business have before ML can be useful to them for gathering customer insights? Oh, that's a great question. Um, Look, one of the team out there on the Jade stand is uh, our head of of, uh, data science and machine learning, and he can answer that question way better than me. But um, certainly, you may think that you may not have enough data, but actually one of the things that we've found is that seldom do you use just one data set. So uh, generally, we're adding at least uh, uh, geolocation or geographic data, quite often weather data, and other data sets of some other nature to it. So it's always going to be augmented in some way by, by other information. So you may not think you have enough, but actually when you start to think of the problems you might be trying to solve, it's probably, it may be enough by the time you add in uh, other data sets. Cool, thank you. Okay, last one. Do you think there's a sweet spot with the ratio between product and service? Well, yes, we believe there is a sweet spot, um, and, and that is because we've taken a focus around saying we're gonna grow verticals, so like as per back in 1996, if you like, you know, Jade originally, we're going back to growing verticals. And in order to grow a vertical, you need to grow a number of customers uh, in that vertical who have problems that you can solve. And as we start to learn how to solve those problems, then we get to see common problems that they may have uh, unaddressed. And it's in those common problems, in a vertical where we get to see the opportunity to solve the problem with uh with a product so in a repeatable way so there's very much a sweet spot there if you think of a vertical going from moving from sales through to product in the middle there there's a critical mass where the two very much kick over awesome cool thanks Charlotte. hey thank you very much
0: well thanks again for joining us on beta and beyond the regtech modernization podcast see you back here again next week